Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 20 of Revelation chapter 14, and we're going to be reading verse 10, which says, The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Now, uh, when it begins by saying the same, it's referring back to verse 9, which uh, concluded with this statement, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand. And that is the case with every unsaved person. Revelation 13, the previous chapter, told us that all that dwell upon the earth shall worship the beast whose name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. And only God's elect have their name recorded in the Lamb's book of life. And that uh, would leave every unsaved person uh, to worship the beast. And, and during the Great Tribulation period, every unsaved individual did in one way or another. In, in the church, the, the worship was obvious as Satan uh, the beast entered into the congregations as the man of sin and took his seat in the temple, showing himself that he is God. And as the churches uh, believed the false gospels and the lies that were being put forth from uh, the emissaries of Satan, well, Satan was receiving the worship every Sunday. As a matter of fact, after God opened up the information, the church age was over. And, and he sent forth that word, um, into the church world to get out of the church and, and they did not hearken. They did not listen or obey the word of God and, and rebelliously remain. Well, then they were not worshiping God. God wasn't receiving the worship on Sunday morning in the congregations of the world and Yes, Satan was worshipped that way by those in the churches. But outside of the churches in the world, as the world was going after the lusts of its heart, its evil desires, and and being able now to fulfill them uh, like never before, they too were caught up in a form of worshipping the beast. And all that dwell upon the earth, all the unsaved, are now subject to drink of the wine of the wrath of God. And God pictures his wrath. And wrath um, is a word that means anger, fury. A, a God has a reaction to sin. God does just not... Um, uh, when when sins are committed and his law is broken, all sin is against him. And it is an act of rebellion from creatures 
who ought to be in subjection to him. God is the great king and we, uh, mankind, are all his subjects created in his image. And as the king decrees, our uh, response ought to be, let us go do, let us do the word of the king, whatever it is. But man, in his perverseness, in his tremendous wickedness, goes contrary and astray and uh, rebelliously against the commands of the king and says, I will not do them. I, I will not listen to you. And each act of rebellion is against the king. And of course, if, if, um, this were, uh, an earthly kingdom and people were rebelling in this manner and the king had power to do it, which God certainly has the power, the earthly king would send forth his armies and just destroy all those miserable rebels. Well, God, uh, because he has uh, a certain plan and program of salvation, allowed the rebels to continue to rebel throughout time. And, and he, he put off the day of vengeance, the day of anger, the evil day, to an appointed time that would come near the end of the world in order to allow him to accomplish his salvation program of saving all those that he intended to save. And and so uh, it's only because the king is merciful and gracious and and good and kind. There is no king like this king, the Lord God, that mankind has been permitted to continue raising his puny little fist against the great God and king. And yet when judgment day comes, now the king has accomplished uh, his goal. He he has done what he intended to do and uh, towards the vessels of mercy. He, he put up with the sins of the wicked only while his salvation plan was in effect. But once it's completed, and it was completed by the end of the Great Tribulation, because a great multitude was saved out of the little season that completed the whole. The whole company of the elect were now found and saved, and God no longer uh, had to be long-suffering, no longer had to put up with the sins of the rebels. And so immediately, not uh, with any delay, but immediately after the tribulation, he acted in his wrath and in his anger, and he shut the door of heaven. He put out the light of the gospel and 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 darkened the light of the moon, the sun, and the stars, and so or the stars fell. There was no more gospel, no more salvation. That that is an action God performed in wrath, in furious anger towards sinners the 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 only hope mankind had from man's perspective was salvation the only thing mankind could hope for 
and 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 um, have any expectation to avoid the wrath of God and to avoid eternal death of annihilation was a merciful God. The fact that God was merciful and 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 He had demonstrated great mercy all through history, and the fact that God put up with the sins of men in order to bestow his mercy on certain ones. This was the last hope for mankind. And yet, when Judgment Day began on May 21, 2011, that hope was crushed. It it was ended. God no longer would be merciful towards any sinner. His mercy had been fulfilled. And towards those that he saved, his mercy endureth forever. But not towards all people. And, and, and it's a ridiculous idea when people turn to um, the Psalms and read those verses. His, you see, his mercy endureth forever. Therefore, God could not shut the door of heaven. And they're not thinking. Does that mean that uh, God can never end the world? Because his mercy endureth forever, he can never finalize things on this earth. Because his mercy endureth forever, obviously not. No, that those scriptures have to do with God granting mercy to his elect people. And that hasn't changed. It will certainly endure forever. And it is presently in that line, enduring forever upon the great multitude. But it, those verses never meant that God would always make available the possibility for mercy for all mankind. That has actually never been true from the eternal perspective of God. But it's over. It's it's done. It's finished. God's salvation program has been completed. And now it is judgment day. It is the day of wrath. Now, at this time, and we've been in it for over three years, is the pouring out of the wrath of God. That's why eBible is continuing to do these studies and to talk about these things. And people have said, why don't you talk about something else? Well, we, we do. We go verse by verse, and whenever a verse brings up in a Bible, we'll, we'll discuss it. But, but this is judgment day of course the focus is going to be on judgment and not on mercy not on god saving that that is past that that period of evangelization has come to a close it, it's no longer active so we're not going to look at those verses just like when the church age ended but you don't spend time looking at scriptures um, relating to the qualifications of deacons and elders. What's the point? Why go over that? Why go over church authority? And, and uh, yes, if it comes up, if someone has a question, certainly we'll look at it. But the period of application of those things has ended. Now it was a different time. It was God was dealing with individuals outside of the churches. Well, let's look here in verse 10 of Revelation 14. 
The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. Now, the the word wrath in the first part of the verse is Strong's number 2372. Indignation is Strong's number 3709. And that word is also translated as wrath. It's it, it's translated as indignation, vengeance. I think at least one time, um, wrath, and 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 a fourth word. Uh, I believe it's anger, and so it it's emphasizing the same thing using different words. That this is the period of uh, God punishing the wicked, pouring out His wrath into the cup. It doesn't say, uh, well, it does. It, the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation or the cup of his wrath. And when it says it's poured out without mixture, it means it's undiluted. It's a pure form, strong, in other words, um, in, in his fury. Uh, it's not watered down wrath. I guess we, we could put it that way. Uh, but it's it's the full force of the wrath of God given into the cup, and the cup is for the nations to drink. the The churches have drank from the cup of the wrath of God for twenty three years, and now the world, including the unsaved within the churches, drink of this cup as well, and. It's one of the reasons why God says there is more uh, stripes for those that knew the will of God or the professed Christian than for those that knew not the will of God, the the person in the world that that had nothing to do with the Bible. They they drank already of the cup when God began judgment at the house of God, and now they must drink again when when the whole world is drinking of the cup of the wrath of God. Well, um, I'd like to look at the word indignation, which, again, is orge. It, it's Strong's number 3709. And in John chapter 3, in John 3, we read in verse 36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. That verse is telling us that God's wrath is on the sinner and has been on the sinner. You know, there are some people who who say that, and they say, well, the, the sinner is always under the wrath of God. There is always judgment on the sinner. Why are you talking about a particular day of judgment, a judgment day. And and they could go to a verse like this or also go to Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, and this is the same Greek word, 3709 in Strong's Concordance in, in Ephesians 2, verse 3. It says, Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. 
here we can see how this goes with John 3.36. The wrath of God abides, that means remains, on the, the one who does not have Christ as Savior. And here in Ephesians 2.3, God is looking at the wicked um, who, who walk according to the prince of the power of the air, Satan, they they do his will, and and then he turns uh, the focus to the elect, and and he says we we were by nature children of wrath, uh, children of uh, anger. That that is God's furious anger was upon us when we were conceived in, in the womb. Why then? Because we were conceived in sin. When we were born, the Bible says we're born speaking lies. So God's wrath was upon us. We were children of wrath. It, it, it abode upon us all our lives long until we became a child of God. And even as others, this is the case with every person in the world. And, and it's why uh, all men needed a savior. They needed their sins forgiven to remove that wrath of God from them. But, but again, if this is true, and it is, that people um, are always under the wrath of God, then why are we talking about May 21, 2011 as the day of wrath? It, it in some ways, doesn't make sense. Well, let's look at a couple of more verses. Romans 2, Romans 2, and verse 5, it says, But after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. So here God is speaking to uh, a sinner, and he's basically saying, Through your sinful acts... You are treasuring up to yourself wrath, wrath against the day of wrath. So here we, we see that, um, because of your sin, wrath is upon you. It abides on you and, and upon all men. But these acts are in a sense being stored up or treasured and counted or added together as a, a weight of guilt and shame, and it, it is being done against a certain day, and that day is the day of wrath. Now, um, let's look at another verse in Romans, in Romans 4, and I'll read verses 14 and 15. It says, For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath. For where no law is, there is no transgression. Now I want to think about that statement. The law worketh wrath. As it says in Romans 3.20, Therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. In other words, God through his word, the Bible, teaches people, and he's teaching them his law. The Bible's a law book. 
every time we read the Bible or hear the Bible, uh, we're, we're hearing of the law of God. And it, it, it ought to be convicting us and showing us that we broke this law, transgressed that law, and went astray from another law. And, and it is developing within the reader or hearer of the word the knowledge of sin. It, it is showing us we are not just in his sight through our, our own works. As a matter of fact, our works are condemning us. No man is justified through work in God's sight. And so every time we're reading the Bible, we're, we're being condemned more and more. And, and the law worketh wrath. We, we have lied. And what does the Bible say? The wages of sin is death. The, the anger of God is upon us. We know that God is displeased with us. We know that uh, he is not happy at all because uh, we had that thought. We took that action. We did this certain thing. And we're treasuring up wrath through the breaking of the law. The law is working wrath. And it is going to do so until the day of wrath. The day of wrath is is that day, an appointed day, that God has selected in which he will begin to pour out his wrath in an official capacity, an official way upon all of the sinners to punish them for their sin, to exact payment that the law demands for transgressing it. We, we read in, um, 1st Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. And, and there it's very clear that God is, um, speaking of a day of wrath in the future. And uh, anyone trying to say, well, there is no such thing as a judgment day, a day of wrath, is not reading the whole Bible. In Revelation chapter 6, in Revelation 6, we read in verses 6, 16 and 17, And said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? So there was a wrath to come, according to 1 Thessalonians 1.10, and then Revelation 6 speaks of the day arriving. The the wrath is come. The, the day of judgment is here. And, and um, Revelation chapter 6 has application to what's going on presently. It, it, it truly has come. That day is no longer off in the future, but it is here, uh, right with us today. God is actively, uh, in an ongoing way, judging all of the wicked of the earth. And remember when the Bible says that, uh, wrath abideth on the sinner. 
And that was true of every unsaved person. And we were children of wrath, even as others, which is true of every unsaved person. Again, that wrath that abided on the sinner and, and, uh, as Ephesians 2 says, as all unsafe people are children of wrath, that wrath that is upon them was never visible. It was an unseen wrath. When, when someone says, oh, um, we're always under the wrath of God. Well, whether they know it or not, they are recognizing a spiritual judgment. There was a spiritual judgment in the Garden of Eden when when God said, told Adam, in the day you eat thereof, you will surely die. And he ate, and Eve ate, and they did not die physically. They died in their soul existence, which was a spiritual judgment. And the wrath of God abode upon them, and upon their descendants who were born, conceived in sin, born in sin into the world and were children of wrath. And that wrath that, that hung over the sinner all of his life long was never seen. It was never in the realm of the visible. It was an invisible spiritual wrath and if God could have his wrath upon all of the unsaved people of the earth in the normal course of events, now why would, why would people think that he could not bring the day of wrath, the, the appointed day, the official day of judgment upon all of the wicked, likewise in an unseen way? Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.